0: Uh, <laughs> Let's try this again. <laughs> All right. All right, thanks uh that was the wrong that I was I was closing out the show already. I was like wow, All that right. was a quick one. <laughs>
1: yeah. Thanks
0: thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. All right, hey everybody. Welcome to another episode of Gaming Historia. I am Chris Gravel, joined by Colby T?
1: Yes, that's me. Uh,
0: (laughs) He has a last name that I will not butcher. Um, The two of us are here, so obviously you know what you're listening to. This should be up on Monday. We should be our Monday show now, finally. And if you're listening to this on Monday, hopefully that means you already listened to Chloe and Chris talk games on Saturday morning, which is specifically targeted towards... um, people like me, who are old men with families and children who still play games but want their kids to play games too, if you listen to it, let us know what you thought of that one here. Also, let us know what you like, don't like all that stuff about the Gaming Historia podcast. And with that, today is Colby's baby. Yeah. Colby had a baby. I did. And I was completely lost on what to do this week. Uh, We have huge changes going on over at Bago Games, so keep an eye over there because... It's quickly... Ch- I know each week I say there's big changes going on, but...
1: There really is, like all the time. <laughs> there,
0: yeah, there's there's some pretty major stuff happening. So, so take a gander at BAGO. By the time this is up, hopefully some of the surprises we have in stock will be ready to go. If you have been following our Twitters, which we didn't give you last week, but it was in there somewhere in the, uh, on BAGO, but we will make sure we give you Twitters at the end of this. But if you were following Twitter... You know, we did some giveaways. You know, there's still another giveaway going on for our EU fans, which will probably be done by the time you hear this. But keep an eye out because we're working on more of that. But now that Colby has had a baby, because I could not think of anything the to talk pregnancy about this went
1: week. Very well, if anyone was wondering, it
0: was and it was quick too. It only took like five minutes. Yeah, I, I was like, pop <laughs>
1: that thing out real quick.
0: Yeah, I was like, hey, Colby, uh, I've been way too busy to think of anything to talk about. What was she talk? What should we talk about this week? And Boom! He immediately said what it was, and so with that, Colby's going to take over it. and get us started. And it was this is what I'm excited about now that I know what we're talking about. I just didn't know until now, or until <laughs> we talked about it.
1: All right. Uh, before I get into it, quick thing, uh, if this if you are listening to this on Monday or after uh, on Tuesday, I will have a review up of Dynasty Warriors Nine. Uh, so my first like review on this on the site, so really excited. Go check that out. There'll be a video and a written review covering everything. Uh, anyways, all right. And if you follow
0: <laughs> our Twitters, you will also get notified of when those go up because yeah. we like to tweet each other's stuffs out for sure. All right, so that's a good way to stay in touch.
1: Self promo, but uh, after that, uh, yeah. so we're going to jump into the topic. <laughs> uh, what we're talking about this week is annualized games. Um, there have been a lot of series. Uh, especially from the starting, I guess, probably the PS3 generation of of games that have just come out every single year. Uh, basically, what we're going to be talking about is, you know, some examples, what we think of some specific series, and overall, do we think it's good or bad for the consumers? Obviously, it's pretty easy to see that for developers, an annualized franchise is good because they get to keep churning out similar games and reap a huge amount of profit off of them. So we're just going to be basically talking on if it's good for the consumer side of things.
0: And and I think we should do some of these on a case by case because yeah, there's, for
1: sure. There's there's definitely a lot of different versions of you know there's good good and bad and different types right. of annualized series. So we'll we'll do it from a lot of different sides. Um,
0: so let's let's do an overview first of of what kind of stuff we're talking about. Specific, we'll we'll name a couple games of course. We don't need to mention, which I'm going to do it because there's basically an office pool at this point that I'm going to mention FIFA in every single podcast ever. Um, obviously, any EA Sports game is the included in, the in this. The entire
1: label of EA Sports is yeah, definitely going and, to be discussed here.
0: Yeah. If it, if it has three letters or four letters and it has to do with a ball or a puck, it's it's included. <laughs> That's
1: a really great description.
0: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I also I also have a story at some point to say I I sold a guy FIFA one day because he came in looking for a real time strategy game it was it was a Did fun story really? that I'll tell him in another yeah because because I, I sent, well I'll tell the you know what let's keep that for a for a uh, miscellaneous gaming historia where we tell fun stories from our past and I will Great. remind me to tell the story of how I sold FIFA to a guy ex- as a real time
1: strategy game I'm excited to hear that. We
0: we may do that next Monday actually because because we have some other things that we want to talk about but that may be it, it may be the appropriate time that people get to know who Colby and Chris are some not great just guys. our voices <laughs> not not just the beautiful voices that we pipe out over the interwebs and now on iTunes and Google Play but and maybe even Stitcher
1: coming soon I like that promo but, you got in there too. <laughs>
0: but also who we are as individuals. And so we need to do a podcast where people can learn who we are. So before we get further, while we're talking about it now, which I'm doing this completely out of order.
1: Yeah, I don't even know what you're doing Email questions. Yeah, (laughs)
0: that's that's the whole trick, and that's why this all works so well is because we're basically um, Riggs and Murtaugh. You have things under control, and who knows where I'm going to go. I don't know what Um, that is. That's a lethal weapon reference.
1: Completely over from his.
0: the movies and the TV show. Which, if you're not watching the TV show, you should. But email us at podcasts at bagogames.com with any questions you want to know about me or Colby that do not include like credit card numbers, social security numbers, anything like that. Or things that we can them. actually. I'll answer also to. tell
1: you that too. I'm desperate for it. Yeah, I'll
0: tell you Colby's <laughs> stuff, but <laughs> not mine. <laughs> um, but I, I think I think what we should do is next Monday. We will release one that talks about us. So, hit us on Twitter, hit us on emails to ask us questions. Right. I'll mention that again at the end, but I wanted to do it before we forget, and that way people get hit twice with it, and maybe we'll actually get some feedback from people. And All and right. that way you guys can get to know who who the C C Podcast Factory <laughs> really is.
1: All right, so that's a music reference. Getting back on it, I just realized we derailed for like three <laughs> minutes. Uh, so hey, that's <laughs> the the
0: train the, the train is off the tracks <laughs> from here on out for Gaming Historia.
1: All right, so we're we're gonna do EA Sports. Uh, we're gonna do Activision. You know, Call of Duty. They've now switched. They have a three studio cycle going with that. Uh, we'll do you know Ubisoft and Assassin's Creed. They took a year off. Uh, I guess even Battlefront. You know, that's that's every other year, so not as much. But I mean, we've got a lot to cover.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a ton of games in there, and and we'll try we'll try to get the train back on the. tracks for the rest of it until we get to the end so
1: i think we should probably start with one of the most well-known uh with what with one of the most well-known series to do this i think we should start with call of fifa uh well maybe next
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm just i'm just gonna talk about fifa for an hour
1: Um, Um, once we get to fifa (laughs) ea sports in general i will just let you i will let you take that
0: (laughs) (laughs) well you handle call of duty because shooters I play them I, partly because I have to. I don't even play them. Partly because though. I liked them, <laughs> but I I suck at them, dude. I'm so excited. I, I only play like,
1: Overwatch, really. <laughs> but uh, all right. even
0: that I suck at. I have to play. I have to play a healer, and I have to sit back behind yeah, somebody who knows what they're doing.
1: I play Mercy and Winston because you don't have to aim with them. So that's where I that's yeah. where I hit my shot. I, I do
0: like I do like Reinhardt because I can just put up a shield and not get shot. A lot of a lot of so different okay variety
1: in Overwatch. That's what I like. You know, it's not your general shooter. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yep, it's part of the hero shooters that are starting to make a make a splash in the gaming world. All
1: right. So
0: okay, so, so we're starting with the Call of Duty yeah. series. How long ago did that start, do you know?
1: When did it become annualized or when did the series start? Annualized. Let's <laughs> let's take a look. <laughs> I probably should have let's, come cons- prepared. <laughs> I knew we were talking about this. <laughs>
0: well, and I didn't even think to look up when these things started being annualized I just thought I'd throw it out to see if you do
1: looks like it skipped <laughs> 2004 but since the beginning it has been annual so I, it started in I, I, 2003 with Call of Duty and then uh, after 2005 on it uh it started becoming annualized
0: What is, wasn't there a Call of Duty on PlayStation 2? Did it... There were Call of Duties on PlayStation 2, weren't there? Yeah, I Call of some... Duty 3. There was a 3. Steven Spielberg one.
1: Call of Duty 3 and then World at War were both PS2. No, those are were PS3, weren't they? They were also on PS3.
0: Oh, what was the very first Call of Duty? I want to say it was on PS2 and it was uh, like a Steven Spielberg joint.
1: I'm looking right now at the original Call of Duty says Xbox 360, PS3, and then Windows. Oh... Excuse me. Maybe I'm thinking Medal of Honor. I know there was there was a GameCube one that's not listed. It was like Finest Hour.
0: Yeah, I remember that. Um, I might be thinking Medal of Honor though, because that was one of the first World War II shooters, and it did D-Day and all that stuff, and it was beautiful. And I I haven't been captured by a Call of Duty or Battlefield in the same way. Ever since that first game, because it was just something new and unique. Yeah, you know, it was like the first time you played Doom or Super Mario Three D World, or I mean Super Mario Three D or whatever. You know, it, it was something that you hadn't experienced before, and, and nothing can match that. So, yeah, and
1: that's what's interesting that now that it's annualized, you know, a lot of criticism comes at Call of Duty for basically repackaging the same game every year with a new coat of paint, which I've been very, very critical of because I do, I do agree that they do that. But one interesting thing to come from their annualized series is the fact that, um, once uh, Infinite Warfare came out, you know, that was a very, very, you know, disliked game because of the fact that they'd been, you know, fans of the series had wanted them to get back to the boots on the ground, uh, you know, older style that they hadn't hit in a long time. Um... Infinite Warfare became, I think, the most disliked game trailer in history on YouTube. Uh, Wow. Having this annualized franchise, it allowed them to change gears very quickly, as opposed to, you know, another series that, when it didn't have all these assets ready and all sorts of different things ready, it would have taken two or three years to get a more (laughs) boots-on-the-ground feel coming. They were able to transition and, within 11 months, have a new game out that catered to what fans wanted
0: right and this year um with the with this year's call of duty going back to world war 2 you know we're back to the we're back to the early world war games with battlefield going to world war 2 and and call of duty going to world war or not, battlefield going to world war 1 mm-hmm. call of duty going to world war 2 you know i'm sure vietnam's coming up soon you know so it seems like we're kind of in a in a cyclical pattern of of what these shooters are doing now of call of duty looked like they wanted to try this whole future thing and expand and almost go down where Titanfall was going. Where it was like, here's what the future of warfare looks like. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they just turned around and boom, we're back in world war two again. And we're starting fresh from where it all started. Anyways. Interestingly
1: enough though, rumor is that the 2018 title for call of duty is going to be black ops four, which is interesting.
0: Oh, good Lord. Well, well, that one's and that one set in the '60s. No,
1: Black Ops it originally was, but Black Ops okay. Three, I believe, was set in a really distant future where, like, the U.S. is just like kind of destroyed. I think.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, well, it shows how much I know about Call of Duty. <laughs> um, I
1: should
0: I should probably learn a little bit more about. Nah, it. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah. Okay, I just checked. Uh, Bla- Black Ops Three took place in 2065.
0: Oh, okay. So I was only 100 years old. Yeah. No, it's fine. But it it is
1: interesting because, you know, while they were able to pivot so quickly, because they they have three developers working um, on these games, they're going to be able to put a Black Ops 4 out. You know, that is their that is the highest selling uh, subset of Call of Duty games. Right. So, you know, if it does well, they can at the same time have another, you know, older style kind of maybe, you know, World War One, Vietnam, whatever coming and then also have another futuristic one coming. They have these three development teams who don't do anything else. You know, their only job is to make Call of Duty. They can share assets with each other, and, you know, it speeds up uh, development insanely quickly.
0: I would would love to see Vietnam, especially with the X and the Pro out now. You know,
1: I think... Because they're going to... I don't think people are going to cover Vietnam anytime soon, honestly. I think that's still kind of a sore subject for a lot of people. I feel like... Whoever is the first to cover Vietnam, they have to do it right.
0: Well, the past Vietnam games that they've done were absolutely incredible. I mean, they had the right tone, the right music. I mean, they were great shooters, just set in basically heavily forested areas for the most part. And so, you know, and and the music from that generation is absolutely awesome. That goes around it. You know, it's it it gives it a very unique identity because you can't really. Put up a World War One and World War Two game without having some historical knowledge of what weapons were between those two wars, because there was a lot of change, kind of as World War One went on, that almost made World War One look like World War Two. So if you were just looking at a game, you can't go, "Oh, this is a World War One or World War Two game," just from a picture. But if you get a picture of a game set in Vietnam, you know it's a Vietnam game. Because, you know, you got the mm-hmm. the Joker card in the hat, guys are walking around smoking, and it's much more laid back and loose, and, you know, everybody's clothes are much more ripped up and dirty. And, and, and there's just a very unique, stylized, almost romanticized look to Vietnam at this point. But with the hardware becoming more powerful now, I think that the games could be absolutely stunning to look at with really heavy tree coverage, with, you know, a lot of the god rays coming through them and stuff like that. I think that that hopefully after if they're doing black ops 4 next hopefully we see a vietnam from somebody shortly after that because i the last vietnam game they was bad company 2 one of the bad companies was around at the same time as a vietnam game because i remember playing them all around i guess bad company wasn't part of didn't take place in vietnam i can't mm-hmm. i don't remember at this point and who cares if i'm <laughs> right or wrong on that but i do remember that it was a, a vietnam game out at that time, and it was, I think it was Battlefield. And a friend of mine and I, we'd just be in a helicopter playing Ride of the Valkyries or playing some Credence or whatever, and just flying around the battlefield and just shooting people down and singing and having a good old time. And, you know, that's not representative of what Vietnam actually was, but it makes for a very fun video game. So, mm-hmm. so uh, I'm all for them getting back to that at some point. So. Yeah.
1: Overall, <laughs> you know, it's interesting with Call of Duty, it gets a lot of bad press and kind of a bad rap for doing this, you know, every single year repackaging with a new coat of paint but at the same time, the games are consistently the highest selling game of the year you know, unless you have like a you know, like a Red Dead 2 is probably not going to be number 2 this year Um, unless you have an outlier like that they are consistently the number 1 selling game of the year and uh, Call of Duty World War 2, you know, after we had Uh, Black Ops 2, Ghost, Advanced Warfare, Black Ops 3, and Infinite Warfare all in a row that featured a futuristic setting. Once World War II hit, it came in with good, you know, not good, great reviews. So, you know, while I would say that what Call of Duty does overall, I think, is kind of damaging to the consumers in the sense that they are paying $60 for a game every single year that is nominally different most of the time, save for, you know, a year like this with World War II... Um, consumers keep buying them. Consumers love these games and will continue to purchase them, and when they sell at such a ridiculous rate like this, uh, Activision is clearly not ever going to stop.
0: Right, and there's, what, like a... It's 30 or 40 for the season pass for each year as well?
1: Some ridiculous number.
0: They yeah. are. They're so, also I mean, constantly are spending... pumping
1: out DLC too, which I also find ridiculous.
0: Yeah, so... My question though is, are people buying Call of Duty and Battlefield, you know, the the annual or, or semi-annual shooters because it's just a habit at this point that that's the only shooter that's out there so that's what they're going to buy and nobody else wants to get into that particular market because Call of Duty runs it or...
1: Well, you know... It's something like it's Overwatch interesting. going to change things up. Well, the 360 and PS3 era was overrun with first-person shooters. Oh, it was it, ridiculous, It was yeah. ridiculous, and, but Call of Duty always rose to the top. And, you know, this generation, I still think there are a lot of first-person shooters, not nearly as much as last generation, but once again, constantly rising to the top. So, I mean, there has to be some sort of magic in there, because there are other first-person shooters to pick from, but people continuously... You know, for almost almost two decades at this point, have been coming back to Call yeah. of Duty.
0: So, but is that habit or is it because now it's? Well, I mean, it's it's almost like uh, like if you have an iPhone or an Android, you most people just stick with their iPhone or their Android as the new releases come out
1: mm-hmm.
0: because that's what they're used to, even though what they may actually want is something else. But with with Call of Duty. I would say a lot of it has to do with who's playing it, that, you know, you built up a group of friends online that you play with, and they're not all going to go try out some new shooter that's out there. They know no, Call of Duty, the, they know how to play. I mean, it play, appeals and...
1: to, beyond gamers, it appeals to everybody, you know, that's the, uh, I, th- I would think probably part of the reason that people go to it so much is because when you think of shooter, you know, Call of Duty is the name you think of you know for someone who's just not you know maybe has an xbox or a ps4 but not a huge gamer they just look for whatever game they know you know like oh madden call of duty boom i know those two i've played them in the past right that's what i know that's what i'm gonna get so i don't think there's a lot of thought going into oh this is a call of duty game i wonder what it's like you know it's just oh this is call of duty let's get it
0: yeah yeah and and I, I think a lot of that has to do with you, you build up a, a community around it. And they've they've been very smart in doing this. Is as you start to, to meet more and more people that play that each year, you build up a wider group of friends that you play with, and you guys get better playing as a team, and you're going to just stick with Call of Duty because there's no reason to argue about whether or not to get the next Call of Duty because you're all going to play that. So I think that's very smart of them to do that. and And I think that's probably part of the reason that they gained early traction and one of the reasons that newcomers are going to have a lot of trouble gaining traction in this market where you have a Call of Duty and a Battlefield, you know? I mean, and Battlefield, I would say is probably the, on paper, the, the better of the two, but I I think Call of Duty is is going to be where most people turn to as, as their favorite, mm-hmm. but and, you, you know, know. Battlefield's a fantastic game it just doesn't get the same
1: i mean, they, they I mean hit it, it, that they hit that you know return to retro that fans were wanting first and you know world war ii right. still blew it out of the water sales wise
0: yeah and that's what's so crazy to me is is battlefield really was the the first what was it battlefield 1942 was one of the first shooters that i played online on pc and that was I mean it was everything that Battlefield still does today. You had vehicles, you have, you know, all all the different pieces that make Battlefield what it is. And then Call of Duty came along and just took over and and I think a big sense of it is community. This the same reason that you have stuff like Magic the Gathering, nobody, I mean people in the in the paper world for for trading cards, for a collectible card game, you're going to have a lot of trouble breaking the breaking into the or breaking into the Magic the Gathering market because people are so invested in that game over the last 25 30 years
1: mm-hmm.
0: and most of their friends play that they don't want to go start something else and lose the the thousands thousands of dollars that they've spent on it is that same idea yeah. that that they've made it so that you kind of have to just stick with that because everybody that you know is and you've already invested so much into it anyways so but the cost is I mean I guess if, if the primary game that you play is Call of Duty each year and you're spending a hundred bucks on it or whatever for the year, that's not bad. No. But but I don't know many people that play just Call of Duty all year.
1: It's the um Well, it's the gamers that aren't really gamers, you know. That they have a PS4. Yeah. After work they'll come home and play sometimes, you know.
0: Right. And and I've met people which we'll get into the sports stuff in a minute, but the same thing. I would have people that would come in whenever I used to work retail that they just bought Madden every year, mm-hmm. and they bought the new system just to play Madden every year. And I was like, how can you not play anything else? They're like, Madden, that's all I have time for. That's all I care about because yeah. I love American football. So
1: um,
0: I get that. Yeah.
1: So now before we hit the sports, we got one more thing I want to talk yeah, about.
0: I'm not pushing us into sports. <laughs> it, it was just relevant to No, that I know, I know, idea. I know.
1: I have one more series I want to hit, and then we, I think, is a good time to get into EA Sports. Is I want to talk about.
0: Oh, I'm going to have fun with this series, too.
1: (laughs) While I agree that. So while I think overall, Call of Duty, it does serve the series that it's able to pivot and, uh, you know, kind of meet fan demand uh, very quickly in the way they release games. Um, A game that really benefited from taking a year off last year uh, is Assassin's Creed assassin's creed i don't know when that actually let me let me google when that became annualized
0: well why you say it i'm going to say an opinion that i think is going to be unpopular okay um i think that origins is as good or better than breath of the wild
1: Okay, well, we're not talking after this. Uh, we're done forever. But um,
0: <laughs> and trust me, I love, I love. No, Breath don't of the Wild. don't I try to redeem what you just said.
1: Don't no, don't try. And,
0: and and I'll explain why. I'll explain why. There's there's one thing in Breath of the Wild that takes it from being one of those perfect games to being one of the the best games ever made, and it's all the weapons breaking.
1: And I don't know if that's enough to do it.
0: It it's whenever i played assassin's creed and then i played zelda once i got a weapon in assassin's creed that was my weapon like
1: mm-hmm. that
0: you know i was i was ready to go with it i got this cool upgrade it's it that is that same loot cycle from back in the diablo days like you get that cool new weapon that's your weapon till you find an upgrade and with zelda you get like this kind of cool weapon but just use it at the right time and make sure you only only attack a few times with it and then put it back and you know, it's the the breaking weapons made it so that they're moving in the right direction. And I think that if they continue that way and they make the next thing kind of a little bit more loot-based and finding some cool treasures where you, until you get to the Master Sword, of course, but, you know, kind of continuing down that, finding all kinds of cool different weapons, but not making them break all the time, that's going to help a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But that's what puts Assassin's Creed, like... I, I, I'm not gonna say it's better than Breath of the wild, but it's on par because they're very similar games and <sighs> in, in how they play. They just they just add different um, ways of handling things. Um, you know like like in Assassin's Creed, you you plan out where you're gonna go to start assassinating these guys and you watch how they're moving and stuff. and with Zelda, You grab a big boulder and push it down on people and laugh. And so it's different ways of of doing the same type of thing. And they're both incredibly fun. But I don't think that Breath of the Wild is necessarily a significantly better game than, than Origins. And I don't think Origins is a better game than Breath of the Wild. I think that they both were heavy competitors for the best game to come out this year. And they're both very similar in how they play. Just one is very Nintendo and one is very kind of grown up core gamer so uh, I just wanted to get that out there and and you guys can blow up my twitter and tell me how wrong I am but (laughs) you play them side by side I'll be one of the ones blowing up your twitter (laughs) there's a lot of similarities um so uh, anyways I I love them both (laughs) uh
1: Assassin's Creed became annualized just like Call of Duty uh by the second entry um so what happened with assassin's creed is you know they all started out really well reviewed uh you know doing good once black flag hit i i think after that rogue and unity didn't get nearly as good reviews um and like they weren't necessarily bad reviews but it just kind of started hitting a downward slope you know they were pushing out these games incredibly quickly and then you know sales that were kind of declining too and people were just kind of getting uh you know worn out with this series uh and then in 2016 they take a year off and then in 2017 they come back with assassin's creed origins reviews were amazing sales were great everybody was talking about this game you know, it came out on the same day as Mario and Wolfenstein, and it still did absolutely amazing. Uh, It's getting tons of DLC. You know, people love it. This was a case where it was an annualized franchise. They took a year off and delivered an astounding game. And I think it goes to show that sometimes, while there is a lot of, you know... uh monetary gain to release a game every year sometimes taking a year off and delivering an astounding game will you know get you the critical and commercial success
0: I agree and one of the, one of the issues i think that assassins creed creed faced is people really really fell in love with assassins creed 2 and the Ezio story. Mm-hmm. And it was very, very hard for them because that character had a lot to him. A lot of people don't like that character. You can talk to people and there's very split opinions. But he was a very fleshed out character. And and of course he was because it went over three different titles. Um, but then we got into where the new systems came out and Unity... Was coming out for one system and then Rogue was coming out for another one or for the previous generation, and people were, were getting confused. Like, I want to play Rogue because that sounds like a cool thing, but I, at the same point, I'm trading in my Xbox 360 to get an Xbox One, mm-hmm. like, so I can play Unity. So there was some confusion at that point of, like, why is Rogue just here? And now we're getting a re release for it, of course. But mm-hmm. there, was, there was confusion at that point, which I, I don't think helped. Support what then eventually happened with Unity, and I wish Unity would have done better because the the core fundamentals. It's a great game. It's a lot of fun to play with a friend whenever you're not falling through ceilings and stuff like that as you're trying to run across rooftops. Uh-huh. Um, but there's a lot of like Assassin's Creed has a lot of room for a, 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 a cooperative mode in it where you work together to. to I mean, you, you feel like you feel almost like gods for a little while if you plan it out right and you move through this building and you take out these guards at the same time, then the next guards at the same time, and then you're both up on the, the target you're supposed to kill. But then Unity tried to go too big too quick. They, and, and it just wasn't ready yet. And I think if they would have taken a year off between uh, Black Flag and Unity. That's the right order, right? It was Black Flag then Unity. Uh yes. Okay. So if they would have taken a year off, put some, put some more polish on Unity, I think that could have been a great title. And and they show that taking that year off does help because Origins, like I said, is a is is one of my favorite games of the year and of 2017. It's just it's a very very well-done game that that kind of takes it back to its roots. Mm-hmm. But Unity kind of Made it a necessity, and and Unity really, really killed. Um, what was the next one called? I just blanked out on the name. Um, the the one based in London.
1: I don't know which one is based in London.
0: It was it was the one right after Unity, before they took the year Syndicate? off. Syndicate. Um, Syndicate. Yeah. Uh, Syndicate was a great game, but it didn't get. You know, people people at that point didn't trust Assassin's Creed. Exactly, you know, because once you, Unity had burned them.
1: Once you release a game that's so marred with issues, that it next one's going to take a hit, no matter how good it is.
0: And and I think that that is that's probably a testament back to to Call of Duty is is they're releasing something every single year, and outside of of one or two of the titles that people were really frustrated with and they, which they still played, um it hasn't really slowed down their cells to the point to where they had to take any time off like it did with Assassin's Creed.
1: I mean, they they do and manage to make the game's quality. I'll give them that for sure, you know. They don't have issues. They very rarely have a lot of issues, Call of Duty. Right.
0: Right, and, and Assassin's Creed is kind of a different beast because there's a lot going on from an engine perspective for, for Assassin's Creed. Very different Creed. games. Yeah, and so... Trying to do that yearly, I always thought that was kind of crazy. I was happy they did it because the, the first four or five in the series, you know, one and then the the Ezio saga and all that stuff, that was a blast. I, I was really looking forward each year to playing the next one. And I was I was giddy like I was back whenever I was a, a eight-year-old kid waiting for the next Nintendo game whenever they announced Unity. And I got to see that very, very staged intro that they played that made it look like it was just going to revolutionize how you played game, how you played Assassin's Creed and then uh, you know a couple friends and I all picked it up on the same day started playing it on launch day and couldn't get it to really work mm-hmm. and you know that was where we were like you know what Assassin's Creed's dead man they killed it with this game which looked like it was going to make it a whole new thing then Syndicate came out and the only reason I even played Syndicate was because it was on sale for like eight bucks Mm -hmm. at Best Buy or something or Target or something like that. And so I bought it. It was, it was around Christmas time. And so I bought it and I, I started playing. I was like, man, they, they are right back on track. This is a great Assassin's Creed game. I hope that they continue. And then that's around the same time that they announced they're going to take a year off and not do an Assassin's Creed game. Instead, give us the gym that is the Assassin's Creed movie. (laughs) And then, you know, bring out, bring out origins, which, uh, is just I mean they show that they still have it they know how to design a game mm-hmm. and, and Origins is a beautiful game it's very very well done so but I, I, I think with what they're doing with in game events and DLC and story content and stuff they they very well could do every two years and just kind of keep the game alive through events and things like that and, and big DLC later on and
1: yeah, um, I just I think you know they had such a misstep and then, you know, yeah. they take the year off, and then to come back with such an amazing game, I think it just goes oh, to yeah. show that, you know, when you break this formula of a yearly release, great things can happen.
0: Yeah, and, and I am i haven't seen anything about an announcement of an Assassin's Creed game coming out this year, so Same I'm wondering if the now in the two years... Well, yeah, Uh, the like Rogue and stuff like that. But for a for an all new title, I'm I'm wondering if they can go to the to the every two years. You know, I think
1: another another good kind of sort of pseudo yearly release for them would be kind of you know these maybe a a a remaster every you know you know Rogue and then kind of the older you know Assassin's Creed one two you know Brotherhood and three and all of those they were. You know, last generation games. So maybe release, you know, a a revamped version of those every uh, every other year. While you're not develop, because you know, those are quick games to make. They they don't require that much. And then so you know, you have a small team doing that, and then you have your major teams focusing on the next, you know, the next big one.
0: Yeah, the the biggest problem is they're going to run out of stuff to yeah. remaster, because they've already done the ATCO collection. Yeah. yeah, which is three of their titles. So uh, you know, uh, and doing rogue. They, I think they need to go back to Assassin's Creed 3 because I, I started playing that a little bit over the holidays on PC again, on on uh, Uplay. And it's it's not the best Assassin's Creed, but it's a fun Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. And, and Connor's a cool character, and they do a lot of cool stuff with the American Revolution and that. Um, so I'd love to see a remaster of that as well. And then, you so, know, there
1: is a... What was the one for PS Vita? Oh yeah, they the, they did release
0: that on consoles, but they haven't done liberation like, a, a newer update. Liberation, I think yeah. it was done a, like PS3 though. Yet.
1: PS3 and Xbox. Yeah, it was. So you know yeah. they so, and, they have quite a few games in their backlog. You know, I'm not saying you know for the rest of you know time this is what they're going to do re-releases, but you know at least for a few years, just kind of you know get some re-releases in there every other year. Yeah,
0: and I I think a remaster of the original Assassin's Creed would be fantastic. Not not a not like an HD re-release, but a full-on remaster. Put it into the the uh, Origins engine, upgrade it, fix some of the glaring issues that the game had back then, mm-hmm. add in some extra stuff, and release it as one of your big titles for the year. And I mean, I would I would play the original Assassin's Creed with everything they've learned now again because that one that one is what started it all. And it was absolutely awesome. Um, I don't know if you remember the marketing campaign they had for the Assassin's Creed, for the first Assassin's Creed game, but there was no information about the animus and getting outside of it and stuff mm-hmm. and so you know, whenever I picked up that first Assassin's Creed I was like, oh man, I'm ready to to play as this guy and go tearing through stuff and then, you know, you're just a little bit in and then all of a sudden you're in modern day as some guy who's in some machine and I was like, "What is? why didn't they talk about this at all? And it, it, it created a little bit of a, a hubbub at the time, but now people are fine with it, and, and they've gotten very good at not requiring you to do any of it if, if you don't want to, really. Um, uh-huh. You know, you kind of do it at your own pace. But it'd be really cool to see them re-release that original Assassin's Creed so we know what to expect and we have some upgrades to it so that it, it runs like the new Assassin's Creed and stuff. And, and I mean, that's that's a big title they could release as a... Mm-hmm. Full-on sixty-dollar release that's completely built from the ground up, just telling the original Assassin's Creed story again. So, I, I think they have some room to work on with with Assassin's Creed, and yeah, I, I guess we'll find out soon enough if, if they're going to announce something for this year as far as a E3's new title. Coming up, but so, I guess we'll see. Yeah, uh, but I bet it. I bet it is going to be an every other year title for a little while.
1: I, I would hope. You know, I I, I think they are going to find a lot of success with that, and the the critical acclaim is. Certainly a good thing to come from that. Uh, so I think we will just do one... This is getting to be a pretty long podcast, so we'll just do one more and wrap it up. Uh, I'll, I'll jump in every now and then, but I'm going to let you vamp with the Sports <laughs> and FIFA.
0: Okay, so... <laughs> all right, so FIFA obviously is... Now, I'm going to say this first before people think I'm a big FIFA fanboy. I I started playing soccer games... Um, with Winning Eleven, which is now Pro Evolution Soccer. I've always thought that the gameplay of Winning Eleven and PEZ is better than FIFA, but FIFA has done a lot to catch up, and one of the reasons is because every single year, besides one or two years in there where where Winning Eleven and PEZ took a year off to kind of get things situated, FIFA has had to compete with PEZ. And, The this is where I get frustrated, and and one of the first games I ever did a proper review for was NFL two K five, which was done by um, uh, Serial Visions. Is that who? No, uh, who did NFL two K five? Um, let me get ready for some clicky clicks. Um, NFL two K five or fo Two K Five was made by. Uh, I still remember the box art and everything. I mean, this was Visual Concepts. All right, I had the right letter in there somewhere. So Visual Concepts and Sega did did a twenty dollar football game, American football, and. With NFL 2K5 coming out around the same time as Madden, Madden saw a big big switch in how much market share they had that year all of a sudden because they had... NFL 2K5 was the best football game ever made up to that point. I would still say it's probably the best football game that was ever made. So what did EA do? They went out and they just bought exclusive rights to... All NFL licenses so now they don't have to compete yeah and you talk to Madden fans year after year they're getting the same game with very minor upgrades and I'm not a football guy I'm a soccer guy um, and and hockey but soccer primarily um, and you get very minor upgrades every year with Madden sometimes whenever a new generation comes out it's not the first game of that generation uh, of that console generation it's normally the second year that you get a pretty big visual upgrade and a lot of changes, and so I would imagine now with the X and Pro in line, this year's Madden, FIFA, it, excuse me, NHL and all that stuff are going to see. Let me reset that part since I burped right in the middle of it. With with the um, with the X and with the Xbox One X and the PlayStation 4 Pro. Now where they are, I imagine we're going to see a pretty big jump in Madden and FIFA especially because those are their two big money makers. Um, But then you look at what happened whenever they didn't get exclusive rights with NBA Live and NBA 2K, and NBA 2K became the basketball game. They couldn't compete because they did not – the problem with EA is whenever they try to compete with somebody, they have major issues because they're spread too thin trying to do – all these different sports titles and they they're not dedicating their resources all to this one thing, which Konami does with Pez. They have, you know, their, their big title is Pez that they really, really focus on. And the problem is they just don't have the licensing power that EA does for soccer. So if you want to play as Barcelona, you can play either one. If you want to play in the Bundesliga, you got to play in FIFA or, you have to go download option files and update PES and all this stuff. And so there's a major problem with, with licensing and sports games. And with it being a yearly release, it just gets compounded because there's only so much you can do. Basically, you're doing a roster update. But they were very, FIFA, the FIFA side of things actually took a, took a good turn last year with FIFA 17 releasing The Journey, which like it or not, it was a very cool addition to a sports game. And and I know NBA 2K has done something along the same lines, but not to the level that FIFA pulled it off with with just a really well-crafted story. And then it continued in FIFA 18 where The Journey continued and you continued the story of Alex Hunter and, and the choices you make are kind of Bioware-esque but they don't really affect the story all that much. They do a little bit as far as what kind of stuff you unlock and your fan base and stuff like I that. I think it's but,
1: definitely at least a, a good direction for doing something new for the series. But you know, because they are, they do have such a such control over the market with all of these sports games because of how much capital they have that they don't have to worry about competition. So the fact that they did right. try to innovate a little bit is a nice thing. I will give them that.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I have a, I have a lot of good to say about EA with with what they're doing, especially for FIFA. And part of that is because FIFA is the worldwide game. That's the game that sells best worldwide because soccer is that sport that appeals to everybody. Just wait until June of this year and you'll you'll see why soccer is such a popular thing. Because the World Cup will start and you're going to see World Cup stuff everywhere you turn. It just it takes over. And especially if you're traveling or you're not in the U.S., it's just going to be World Cup fever everywhere, people go nuts for it. Um, so, so EA knows that FIFA is a game that they have to at least innovate on some. The problem is on the pitch or the field, for those who aren't big soccer fans, you don't get a lot of change from year to year, you just get your roster update, and then you get the slot machine that's Ultimate Team, and they really push Ultimate Team as what you should be playing And they're really, really good at honing in on that desire to get your Thomas Müller or your um, Cristiano Ronaldo or your Lionel Messi or your in form Pogba or whoever you're going after. You can try to get them out of packs and they they sell these big packs that give you like 30 rare players. You're like, oh, finally I'm going to get them. I'm going to go spend my 50 bucks and get these 10 packs of 30 players. And you end up with a bunch of crap. And then you're sitting there on on your phone or on the uh, market just constantly selling stuff and trying to rebuy stuff cheap and then resell it and trying to figure out, like, we have these inform guys. And so the problem with FIFA versus Pez is, is Pez has an ultimate team mode as well, but in that one, you there is no market. Whoever you open, you open. Their online service is nowhere close to as good as FIFA's, but in that game, they focus more on the gameplay. FIFA, while the gameplay is good, focuses a lot more on making sure that each year the new stuff comes out and they make a huge deal out of having Chelsea players get together and see the reveals of their cards and then uh, having you know other Premier League teams get together and play against each other while they also get the reveal of what their card is for that year. And they talk trash to each other. And it's this huge song and dance that they do every single year. Like clockwork to get people pumped up, and every single year I swear I'm not going to get excited about it, and then I'm there on day one to buy whatever the most expensive edition is. So they they know what they're doing to get you, and I know that I'm not getting anything that's that different each year. It's there's something about the game. Like 17 was all about pace. The faster your guy was, that that's all you needed. Um, See, so
1: you said you're going to get it every year. You know, that's that's similar to Call of Duty i think what we were talking about that's earlier. exactly
0: and that's the problem and i'm i'm waiting for pez to finally just say you know what we have to break this licensing issue and get the licenses in and we have to overhaul our mini system we just don't have to do an overhaul of the game even if they had even if if it was the the red devils and the gunners and man red and stuff like that instead of the actual team names i'd be fine with that if the game didn't still have the same menus that it had from like PS2. They need to upgrade the visual presentation and they need Pez needs to upgrade their commentary. Cause I i personally prefer to have commentary on. It's it's just kind of that almost white noise in the background while I'm playing. Um but it's it's so bad that it's grading. And so once Pez gets to that point, they have the better game whenever you're playing it on the field it's for a purist for somebody who who kind of almost studies soccer um and so that's that's the big thing with those yearly is is there is competition is i might i may not buy fifa fifa 19 based on what konami does with pez but if i was a FIFA or if i was a madden fan guess what football or if i was i'm sorry if i was an american football fan guess what football game i have to buy no matter what It's mad because EA bought the rights.
1: There's no other choice for you.
0: Yeah, and I don't know how that's okay. I don't know how that's legal. It seems...
1: It's like it's a monopoly, basically.
0: To me, it's a monopoly because you cannot create a football game with the
1: teams. You just have to make fictional teams and nobody's going to want to play that.
0: Right, and 2K tried that after they did so well with 2K5. They released like a Legends thing where they got uh players who were no longer active and and i think it was uh um troy aikman and a few other guys were on the cover um that you played as these legend teams with made up names and stuff almost like tech mobile um did a couple times where you just picked a random team and it had made up characters um but now and, and that's where i thought madden was going to start seeing huge improvements because they had nfl 2k come out and 2k5 and it was great. And Madden was going to have to make this. And, and Madden was kind of in a rut at that point. And Madden was going to have to make a huge change to compete. And now they don't have to. And the NHL is the same way. You, there's not really another competitor for NHL. But where they did try to compete, the two places they try to compete is where you're seeing the most innovation. And that's, or where you're seeing what happens whenever EA doesn't ex- hold exclusive rights. And they lost the NBA stuff. I mean, NBA Live doesn't compete with NBA 2K. Um, if it even gets released. There was, a couple years ago, they didn't even release the game because they couldn't get it under control, it was so bad. And then with FIFA, every year we get closer and closer to where there's more and more videos and articles about which is better, FIFA or Pez. And this year, the consensus is kind of, I don't know. Like, people who review games for a living, who are there to give you their opinion for what it's worth, can't even tell you which one they prefer. They play both. And so that makes me think 2019, whenever you have FIFA and Pez 19, we're going to see huge innovations from FIFA if they want to stay relevant, or we're going to see a huge innovation from Pez, which is then going to make FIFA a game that even more FIFA fans are going to start moving from over to Pez. But it can't happen in Madden, it's not going to happen in NHL. And that's a problem because you don't each Madden that comes out, you don't really get major upgrades. And it's not like Call of Duty where you know that you're still gonna get new maps and new weapons and new levels and a new campaign and stuff. With Madden, you're getting a roster update and and a bullet point on the back that says we added, you know, new defensive AI, which great but what does it really do because now you've made it so that this is a defensive game this year and the next year it's an offensive game and the year afterwards it's a running game so there's a big trap in yearly releases especially in the sports sector if there's not competition and FIFA's is, is a case study in that because FIFA or soccer because FIFA and PEZ are doing everything they can to innovate because they have to to stay relevant and if FIFA doesn't continue to push forward, Pez is going to overtake them. And so uh, whenever it comes to sports titles, that's that's where the annual release thing, it's a necessity at this point. I mean, you got to do it. I mm-hmm. I would like to see it go so that you buy, let's say that the next titles that come out for 19 are FIFA 1, is just what they call it, or FIFA 20 or something like that, um, and Pez one or whatever they want to call it origins, and what they do is, whenever the new roster update comes in, you DLC you buy a thirty dollar upgrade pack, mm-hmm. and it adds some new features. It adds the roster updates. It adds all that stuff, but you're not at that point where you spend hundred dollars on packs and totally stuff like that throughout the you. year that are gone. So, hopefully, we'll start seeing those games become every two year release because you could do a, a, a in between you know fifa 18 could get a fifa 19 patch upgrade that you pay 20 or 30 bucks for and you get a few new features and you know the next story of of the journey or whatever but you get to keep that ultimate team you've been working on and you get to work on your ultimate team for two years but i, I don't see that happening because part of it is if you gave me two years to build up my ultimate team, I'm not going to buy packs because I know I have two years to work on it. So and considering how much um, they spend
1: on licensing, they they just want to get you know multiple.
0: Oh yeah, and out there. I, it's just printing money for them. Yeah. at this point, I mean it's it's ridiculous. You know, bringing um, it full
1: circle, I just think you know the cause of these annual titles uh, is money. You know they they print money 100. percent And I think that's what they all have in common. I think for games like Assassin's Creed, I think they can find the same amount of monetary value in the annualized as having a year off and then getting this, you know, huge critical acclaim. But for you know, Call of, for Madden, they definitely need to do it because of how much they pay for licensing. Call of Duty, they have right. three studios, you know, doing it. They're all sharing assets. I just think overall, as a whole, because I'm, I, we are getting really long on this one, so I'm going to try to wrap it up now. I think that annual series, are here to stay as long as, you know, consumers continue to be okay with them uh, and, you know, continue to purchase these titles. I think they're here to stay. Um, hopefully, you know, like with what we saw, you know, Assassin's Creed took a year off. Hopefully we'll continue to see that uh, see that from them. But as a whole, these are definitely here to stay. Uh, so, closing thoughts, you know, I think they can be good for gamers in the sense of, you know, Call of Duty was able to pivot so quickly and deliver a fan favorite, but also, you know, in the case of Madden, you're getting a new roster every year. You know, it doesn't require a completely new full game. It's not something that's required, but it's something that prints money for them and they're going to continue to do. Uh that's my closing thoughts, you know, it can be good, but I think for the most part it's done for money and it doesn't have to be done. You know, it, it could be done. And, you know, like you said, DLC packs every other year for Madden. But that's just not what they're going to do because it's not going to make them as much money. No. Uh, You're closing cards? No, it's not.
0: Um, I will say one thing with Call of Duty that is unique to the yearly, yearly cycle is that really we're on a three year cycle with them. That mm-hmm. they release a game every three years, but you get Call of Duty from Studio One. And Treyarch, this year, Infinity Ward
1: and Sledgehammer.
0: Okay, so I knew it was Treyarch and Infinity War. I didn't know who, I didn't know who the third one. Yeah, was. they just so got added. You have years Infinity. Ago. Okay, so you have Infinity War this year, and then you have the next two, and then Infinity War in what twenty twenty
1: one?
0: Infinity War does their next one. So really, Call of Duty comes out every year, but you're getting, and, and they're and they're making very the games are almost indistinguishable, but they're they're not doing yearly cycles the same way that some of these other games have, like the Assassin's Creed teams, which they did have multiple teams, but it was the same, you know, it was all under the, the Ubisoft studios, um, Montreal or whoever was doing it for the most part. And then with the sports titles, it's the same teams just regurgitating the same stuff every single year with some minor changes. So I think Call of Duty has probably stayed a little bit more ahead of the curve because they're really releasing stuff every three years, or in a three-year cycle, because they have three different studios working on it. And, And maybe that's what you need from some of these sport titles, if they want to see some real innovation as the competition starts to heat up where they do have competition, is have two different teams working on two different titles. You know, FIFA 18 is being worked on right now by Studio One, Studio Two, that just released FIFA 17 is working on FIFA 19 Mm -hmm. and that gives them two years to really implement more and Call of Duty has shown that they can do that without it making without it being a jarring experience to go from one studio's game to another because they they finally kind of got it all down so I have no problem with yearly games I just want more out of them and you know for me my yearly games are generally FIFA or Pez. um and I'll dip my toes in Call of Duty occasionally. But I want to see like a significant change each time. And that's just... It's not happening in the games I play. And from some of the people I talk to in Call of Duty, it doesn't happen as frequently as they like. They, they kind of got in a rut for a little bit before they went back to this World War II one mm-hmm. um, where they felt too similar. So I think as long as the games come out and they give you enough new stuff... We're good to go. Keep on going yearly; it's fine because it's it's like getting a new movie every year of of you know a new Marvel movie, um, or four in a year or whatever we're getting this year. You know, change it up and give us some new stuff. But that's it, it's it's not going to change as long as there's money in it. That's all there yeah. is to it. Is it's going to keep on going. The only way that it will change, and this won't happen, people call for this all the time but once you stop opening your wallet every year for games and make it so it's not a big profitable thing companies will rethink what they're doing mm-hmm. it happened it happened with Ubisoft with Assassin's Creed a syndicate did not sell they took their their year off they came back and they made origins and it sold like crazy so maybe they learned hey we need to we need to do every other year because that gives us more time to really craft this beautiful game. And the only way for that to happen is to speak with your wallet. And the only game that I can really think of that that proves that was Syndicate, because people didn't buy it. So, yeah. so I mean that's that's the end of the story on on annual releases. I mean, so all right, so that's it. I mean, you know, annual games, you're stuck with them. <laughs> so we will we will see you next Monday. Um, this will now be a Mon- every Monday show yep. the rest of the stuff I already covered early on so follow me at Twitter at LimitedFell follow Colby uh,
1: Colby, C-O-L-B-Y underscore Tor, T-O-R
0: and you'll also find us on bagelgames.com new stuff coming and the then time. from there yep. and then uh, comment uh, send us emails at podcasts at uh, bagogames.com subscribe on itunes on google wherever you're listening uh leave some feedback there that helps us out lets us continue to grow to these big episodes that we're working on soon and uh that's what we got for you we we will be back next monday with another show stay tuned to bago games for more information on what's going on or follow us on twitter and we'll we'll make sure to keep you updated there as well
1: see you guys next time
0: see you monday